Before we jump into this episode, let's hear from our friend Joseph and the Cognitive Discourse. Why, hello there. I'm about to make a prediction. And that prediction is, you like podcasts. If that's true, then make your way over to the Cognitive Discourse, where we have monologues, short stories, and open discussions. And every now and then I get a little ranty. If this sounds like something you're interested in, then go check us out. We're streaming on all major platforms, and hell, we're even on YouTube. New episodes out every Friday. I hope to see you there. This is Super Cool Radio. I'm your host as always, the spirit of Super Cool Radio himself, Matthew Thomas. I got a great show lined up for you. My guest this time will be Kevin Jones of Stepchild. And before I bring on Kevin to the show, we're going to hear a rockin' song by Stepchild that is Alone at Night. Hope you guys enjoy because this song absolutely rocks. I really enjoy it. And then after Alone at Night, I'll bring on Kevin for a great interview. He's going to be talking about what Stepchild has been working on lately. Plus, he's got some great information to tell you guys. Here is Alone at Night by Stepchild.
great guest with me at this time. Please welcome from the West Coast, guitarist, singer, and songwriter for Stepchild. Please welcome Kevin Jones. Wow. Cool. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Of course, thank you so much for hanging out with me here on Super Cool Radio. Glad we were able to do this and have this interview. Uh, before we get started, got to give a big thank you to Christina Villa for making this interview possible. Really great to work with her, so big thank you to Christina. Uh, she's done great things for Stepchild, great things for me, and uh, I call her the queen bee of, of rock and roll promotion. And she's a dear friend as well. Definitely, for sure. Really, really great person who... Who, who loves music and uh, in it for the uh, the right reasons. Absolutely. I know we got much to discuss for this interview. Uh, before we dive in, uh, I got a I got a fun question for you. Uh, if you had to recommend two albums people should listen to in their lifetime, which two would you pick? Oh man! Well, you like must-haves, huh? Yeah. Uh, if I had to pick two must-haves as far as rock and roll and metal, um, and if I stay true to my roots, and, you know, I'm sure just like you, there's probably 100 albums that you could list, you know? So it's tough to pick just two because I, I, I love so many types of music, you know? I'm a, I have a huge Beatle influence, you know, so like Abbey Road and all that. But if I had to nail it down and keep it rock and roll, I would probably go with Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin because it's so absolutely brilliant and there's so much there and so many styles there. And, uh, you know, John Bonham on the drums, that's, that's, that's it for me as far as drums go. And obviously, you know, Jimmy Page and uh, John Paul Jones and, and Robert Plant's vocals. And it's just such a, an amazing album. And then for my second choice, I would have to go with Van Halen 1 because when Van Halen 1 came out, it changed everything, you know, and uh, rest in peace, Eddie, he was, uh, he was an acquaintance of mine. I got to meet him a, a couple times in my life. I got to jam with him for about five minutes one time at a NAMM show many years ago. And that the, uh, the Van Halen first album is just so insane, so stellar. The guitar changed the face of guitar forever. And so Van Halen won, Physical Graffiti Led Zeppelin. Those are two incredible picks, really. Um, you know, uh, between Led Zeppelin 4 and Physical Graffiti, those are like my two favorite albums uh, by Led Zeppelin. And of course, uh, Eddie Van Halen is an incredible guitarist who, as you said, when Van Halen came out, he really uh, changed the dynamic of like uh, guitar players and the sound and all of it. Yeah, obviously there's all these fierce players and different genres of music, you know, but the thing is that when Jimi Hendrix hit this planet and, and he was in his, you know, prime of his career, um, so, so bummed that we lost him at 27 years old, but he was so amazing. And Jimi Hendrix absolutely changed music forever. And there's all kinds of phenomenal killer guitar players that came since then. Obviously, we could talk for hours about it. But, but in my mind, Jimi Hendrix and then when Eddie Van Halen hit, that was like the game changer. And so, yeah, two of my favorite players, if, if not my two favorites. But it's so hard to pick because I have so many, so many musicians that I love, you know, from David Gilmore to Steve Vai to, you know, to Gary Moore to Michael Schenker. 
you know, there's just so many, you know, that's the great thing about music is that we're all, we are all artists, right? And so it's just like people, like I'll see on Facebook, they'll be like, who wins out of Eddie and Randy Rhodes and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And the thing is that that's the beautiful thing about music and artistry. It's like you get your your canvas out and you put it up and you get your paint brushes and your paint out and you paint your picture and everybody paints a different picture. And that's what's so freaking beautiful about music is that there is nobody really better than anybody else. Is Eddie better than Hendrix? No. Is Hendrix better than Eddie? No. They're two completely different players, but both of them were absolutely fierce and both of them changed guitar forever. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely, and, and that is the beauty of music. It, it is suggest, it's subje uh, subjective, and people um, they can like whatever you know, whatever they whatever they like, and it's always up to interpretation with music, and that's always the great part about it. Absolutely. So, no, Kevin, you you've had a very lengthy career, uh, you know, obviously through the decades. So, I want to kind of start at the beginning. When did you know you wanted to become a musician? Well. Some of the different interviews that I've been doing lately, uh, it's like I keep hitting the same thing. So I, I feel like I'm like retelling my story over again. So it's just like people that have heard a couple of my interviews are like, okay, here we go again. So I'll try to make a really long story short. I grew up in Anaheim, California, a couple miles away from Disneyland. My dad and mom were part of a choir of a Lutheran church called Grace Lutheran. Grace Lutheran School is where I went through preschool to third, third grade. I was singing in church when I was five years old. I love singing. Um, people would come up to my parents and they're like, we're looking at your little boy. He's not reading the hymn book. He's got his eyes closed. He's singing like full voice. And I, I mean, how does he, how does your little five, six year old boy know all the words to these songs? It was just like blowing these people's minds around my parents, right? And so I just love singing at church and I loved uh, singing in general. And my parents' best friends, the Bakers, their boy had a guitar. And after church on Sunday, we would always go to the Bakers' house. That was like what, what we did. We'd go over there and hang out and watch football and eat food. And they, that was my parents' best friends. But when we would arrive at the house every freaking Sunday as a little kid, and I'm talking five, six years old, I would jump, run out of the car, straight through their front door, straight down the hallway, back to the back right room, underneath the bed, open up the, the guitar case, and I would just sit there and just strum the guitar. It was too big for me to physically pick the thing up, so I didn't, I didn't take it out of the case. I would just open it up, and I would just sit there and strum it, and I was absolutely in love with guitar and singing when I was five years old. I was in my first band when I was 12 years old. Uh, we played three original songs and eight Rolling Stone songs. And the band was called High Voltage. I don't know how that had anything to do with the Stones or us, but that was the name that we came up with. And uh, and so I was uh, I was born into loving singing and loving music. And um, and then the other thing that I'll throw in there is that when I was a little kid, my parents got me a little clock radio. It was a Mickey Mouse clock radio. And they would tell me later on in my life, they're like, we would just sit there, like we'd have friends over. Everybody would be like kind of laughing and smiling because you would be in your bedroom singing along with that radio. You were singing Motown. You were singing like all those songs of, um, of back when I was a kid, uh, I was singing along with the radio. And so I had a huge influence all the way from blues to pop to rock and roll to, you know, to whatever, right? And so I was just 
I was a singer and a guitar player since I was since I was born. No, it's always cool, especially uh, you know starting so young with uh, when just loving the guitar, music, singing along the clock. I think that is it's very cool. And uh, you know, obviously, thank you for sharing uh, how, how you got started, which is awesome. Uh, so, um, kind of like so, growing up, like as you said in Anaheim, what was kind of like the music scene like uh, like back then when you were growing up? You mean as I started to play, or as I was a kid? Uh, starting with like your first band when you said you were twelve, uh, and then kind of moving, going through the years. So, so we, my parents divorced when I was eight and my dad worked for Rockwell International in Anaheim. Rockwell International built this place called the Ziggurat Building in Laguna Niguel. And we, uh, my parents split up, I went with my dad, I have an older brother named Michael that's five years older than me. And uh, so when I was, whatever it was, nine years old and uh, uh, Michael was 14 years old, we bought a house in Mission Viejo and we moved to Mission Viejo. And, um, my, you know, my beginning, we, we joined a, a church called Mount of Olives Church. And uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I play worship music at a church here in Laguna Beach. I don't know if I shared that with you when you and I talked. I've been playing worship music for about nine years now. And so I've got my metal side to me and I love metal and that's my heart. And then I also love singing for the Lord. And so, uh, I, I get to do that. I've had a lot of fun with that, and I'm doing that. I just did uh, one of my old metal bands called Rattleface just did a Christian rock album, 12, 11 songs, and I just finished recording that. That's going to be coming out on the 1st of January, and the album is called The Cross. So, no, I, I was not familiar with uh, your uh, Christian music work, but I think that's really cool to have, you know, obviously, you know, you have the metal, you know, that kind of side but then you also have the worship side to it as well I, I think that is very cool yeah i'm proud of it and and uh and i apologize for going kind of off the beaten path of your question but like no, I no that like when i moved to mission viejo when i was a kid i formed you know had a couple friends that i met at school and we started this little band and we would just like uh we thought we were so cool like we would be because we had to walk everywhere we weren't old enough to drive yet right so we would have our guitars and we would walk and like all the kids around and stuff they'd always see us we were always walking with our guitars to to our friend's house that was the drummer that you know we got to play in his in his garage of his house and then we played like our first gig it was like a birthday party at like a uh like a mobile home park you know uh, it was called Sesame Street M Mobile Home Park in Lake Forest, California, and I was like 13 years old, and we were petrified, and we and we played, and so that's how it all started. Like we would just play like little birthday party, or we'd have like we'd have like little concerts in, in our garage, and we'd invite our friends over and we'd play for them, and that's kind of where it all started for me. It's definitely uh, obviously very cool. Uh, so. Uh, you know, obviously playing the birthday parties and small shows. So, like, when do you think you like you became like actual like professional like musician? I uh, went to Mission Viejo High School, and in ninth grade, freshman year, I met a couple guys, and we started a band called Illusion. And Illusion, absolutely, uh, actually, we were we had learned about five hours worth of cover songs. We were doing the Zeppelin. We were doing the Black Sabbath. We were doing um, original songs, and we had about uh, five hours of material, and we had about 30 originals. And Illusion was a really big band in Mission Viejo 
when I was a kid. And we were the band that like people would get for the Kager parties. And we had uh, a stage that we built and fog machines. And, and basically it was like a, everybody knew that like if somebody's parents went away for the weekend, we would have these Kager parties in their backyards of their houses. These people would be mortified if they knew what was going on. And, and a lot of people probably get in trouble for, for doing it, right? But we were the band that at a drop of a hat and one phone call away, you know, they could call us up, you know, on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock and we could be at their house at noon with the whole entourage, with everybody playing. And so we played a, tons of parties and we were called Illusion. And Illusion was my big band that was together like three or four years uh, together while I was in high school. We reformed uh, in 2011 and recorded an 18 song double album. All the guys, like the guitar player lives in Paris, France. He flew down two times. And so Illusion recorded um, a 18 song double album all these years later. Um, and that was my, that was my, my, they, they were like my Beatles, my Stones. We had this chemistry. We were an amazing band. And it was like the one that kind of, it was like the girl that got away, it was the band that got away. And everybody, you know, agreed. And so I was able to put that band back together and record uh, an album just a few was years that, ago. Was that the, uh, the all, all the original players who you played with in high school? Yeah. Wow. Then, so like then, the original the drummer of Illusion is Paul Wilson. And when Stepchild formed, Paul Wilson was the drummer. So I've got a lot of different, I've done a lot of different albums. I've recorded like 11 or 12 albums. And I do have different people that are part of like the different band that, you know, we work together still. And so like my bass player, uh, Danny DeYoung, um, was in my second band. The second band after High Voltage was Oasis, 13 years old. My drummer in that band, Danny DeYoung, is the bass player of Stepchild today. So we have a history that goes back all the way to our childhood. I think it's very neat to actually have like, you know, those connections, as you said, you made in high school and you're still obviously, you know, you recorded with those guys in different bands and played with those guys. I think that is very cool. And that also leads me to where I was going next, which is your current band, Stepchild. Uh, so how did that band come together and uh, how'd you come up with the name? Okay, so Scott Griffith, rest his soul, Scott Griffith, was the leader and the main songwriter of the, of the he, we called him the Chordsmith. He was just an amazing guitar player. So Scott Griffith from Stepchild was the main writer. And Scott and Paul Wilson from Stepchild, they had started a band that I wasn't in that was called Nightfall. Nightfall was a huge force in Orange County. And the lead singer of Nightfall, his name is Ralph Sainz, Aka Michael Starr from Steel Panther. Nightfall was an absolutely amazing band that was uh, that was having all the labels look at them and they they were they had great songs and they were absolutely phenomenal and right around that time like where when the Seattle grunge thing hit you know and they had all the labels looking at them and they were more of a commercial rock I don't want to say Bon Jovi but they were like a you know Ralph was in the band Atomic Punks after Nightfall and he could do David Lee Roth you know, probably better than Dave. <laughs> and, uh, and so apart, they decided that they wanted to go heavier. And I got the phone call and Scott Griffith, um, who lost his life 
God bless him. Um, he, he just we just celebrated what would have been his uh, his birthday on November third. Uh, Scott lost his life in the Rhode Island nightclub fire, uh, the Great White concert, and he was our leader. And the way that Stepchild got back together, Stepchild was a big band back in the uh, early nineties, and we reformed again when Scott lost his life in that fire for his daughter Casey to do some shows to raise some money for Casey and her mom. And we ended up just loving the music so much and wanting to keep that music alive that Stepchild reformed and stayed together in his honor. And so, uh, so when Nightfall split apart, Scott Griffith had this idea of the name Stepchild and Stepchild was like a kid kind of very close to my heart because um, he like came from a broken home, it, like in his character of like of how Scott dreamt it up in his in his head, right? Was like a stepchild, was like a kid with a chip on his shoulder, kind of pissed off, doesn't like rules, doesn't like school, kind kind of pissed, kind of angry, chip on his shoulder, and and a full blown kind of attitude type thing. And they went from being nightfall to taking the nucleus of Nightfall, most most of the members of the band, um, and turned it into Stepchild and gave me the call. Now, Scott Griffith and I were in a band in high school called Mystasy, um, and we had a band together, and our childhood goes back where he was in a band and I was in Illusion, but we were buddies, and then we did this little side thing. And so the nucleus of Stepchild was members of, of this family unit of musicians that go back into my teenage years. And so um, it, was, it was put together. And so it's like this, this band of brothers, one guy might've went here and joined that band. One guy might've joined this band. And then we'd end up back together. And we always kept ending up back together. It's very interesting how, like, you know, obviously, as you get, as you said, you know, people go to do different things, but they always like, kind of come back or always have those connections with those people, which I think is just awesome just uh, to be able to continue to work with those people. I know, obviously, it's some some situations where bands, you know, people do their separate things and they don't like each other, but it's nice to actually um, have those connections. You guys are still obviously playing together and doing things, which I think is very neat. Uh, and it, and it's cool, like, obviously you guys reformed, um, you know, uh, in, uh, to honor some, you know, to honor a, a member. And I think that's very cool. And you guys are still doing it. And I did hear you guys are uh, currently working on some new music for Stepchild. Uh, so uh, how is that going? It's just amazing. And Stepchild is uh, about to open a new chapter. We're uh, writing and recording all brand new songs. We're actually, I had shared with you before we went on the air that I just got back from Los Angeles. I live in Laguna Beach, California in Orange County, but we found a deal on a Roland electronic drum kit and our our, our guitar player, Mike Moore from uh, Stepchild has a uh, home converting his uh, part of his house into a recording studio and a rehearsal studio. I've got a, uh, where I'm sitting right here right now, I'm in my re in my recording studio at my house, but um, I'm I'm in an apartment complex in Laguna, and you can't like really make too much noise. I mean, I get away with it, but I record like direct into the, um, in, you know, I do I record direct into the board, right? And so right now, 
We just got back about an hour ago from buying just a, a badass rolling electronic drum kit, which we will be in and we'll, uh, we'll be writing and recording new songs, which we've already been working on a few months now. But now we're going to have a designated studio where we have a full-blown studio where we can go and be there, you know, seven nights a week if we want to. And so the new songs are a little more heavy. Uh, they're more heavy-footed. It's a little more metal. Uh, straight, you know, Stepchild's a metal band, but it's, it's more of a hard rock band with a metal edge to it. And the new Stepchild is definitely more on the metal side. It's, it's harder-edged than, than the old Stepchild stuff. I, I definitely am very excited to hear some new music from Stepchild. I think it's very cool. So obviously you guys have, obviously, as you said, your, your own uh, recording studio. Do you think it's more like uh, comfortable to have like your own studio that you can, you can do stuff at your own pace? Absolutely. And so like for our rehearsals, you know, if you don't have a lockout, you're going to blow about 30 to 35 bucks an hour at a rehearsal place. Right. And that adds up quickly. And so, you know, it's like if you practice two, three nights a week and that's 300 bucks, right? You know, and you're blowing 1200 a month just to go into somebody else's place. And so we were going to go into, um, to, a, to, you know, into a commercial center and just get our own uh, studio. And, and we were going to blow whatever, 1200 bucks, 1500 bucks a month. And our guitar player was like, man, why don't we just take my, my, uh, my garage of my home put everything in storage and build a studio out there. And as long as we don't have acoustic drums and we use electronic drums, um, and, and then we can actually, one of the great things that a lot of people are doing now is that we're gonna go in there and we're going to work out the new songs and we're gonna record demos, right? Then we'll go into a full blown real recording studio, right? And we'll bring the band in there and we'll, br we'll bring in an acoustic drum kit and we'll get just the drum. That's all we need there, okay? If you have big, fat, huge killer drums, you can take them home. We can do the whole rep, my vocals, the guitar, the bass, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can do that all on your own at home. The big thing is, is that we can't really, for one, you have to have a boatload of killer mics and you have to have the right room and you have to be in a situation where you're not pissing your neighbors off blowing drums out slamming acoustic drums especially if it takes a few hours to get them or whatever and so that's the perfect thing put together is that we're going to write the stuff get it ready demo it be ready to do it go into a full-blown studio do acoustic drums bring those drums back home and start laying the tracks on them and finish the record in our own studio and that's going to save us a boatload of money too and oh, you yeah. have to rush Standing in front of the mic where you're looking at the wall and you're like, hey, I'm not seeing good right now. This sucks. We just spent 50 bucks and I didn't get a vocal track tonight, right? Instead, it's like, hey, man, I'll see you tomorrow. Just come back tomorrow. I'll try it again. You know, it takes all that pressure off of being at a, stu at a studio that's 100 bucks an hour. And you're looking at your watch. You're looking at the wall. And you're like, oh, shit. You know, this is, this is like we didn't get a vocal tonight now. And then. And the rest of the band's back there in the board, right? And they're like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Because it's money. So when you have your own studio, you alleviate all that stress. And, you know, or you can have an idea. And you're like, you know what? Because I'm also a guitar player, right? It's like you can have an idea and you can just, like, run over to the studio and hit record and lay down a lick, you know, and come back and revisit it. So we're super, super excited and grateful that we're going to have this new studio for Stepchild.
Yeah, Dad, I'm very happy for you guys. Sounds like a really uh, great operation for you guys, and especially alleviating that pressure of, you know, having, I have to get this track done tonight, or, you know, we only have money to do this amount of days. I think it really helps, and you guys can actually get, like, the best out of each other in that uh, uh, atmosphere. And technology is actually starting to change. And even though we will not be using electronic drums, it's like this Roland drum kit. We got a TD-11 drum kit tonight. And we went in and checked it before we bought it, obviously, right? Big, huge fat kick. Big, huge snare. I mean, the drums sound freaking killer. The ride cymbal, the hi-hat, um, the technology of today. <clears throat> I'm not saying that we're going to necessarily use it for the album, but we might. I mean, it sounds killer. I mean, I was blown away on, on what, and the other thing is, is that that was just off of the, that was off of the sound that are already built into the Roland, right? We're, we're using uh, in our studio Logic Pro X, where we can just plug each one of those drums in and we can make the kick drum or the snare or anything we want. And we, we have thousands of different things to pick from. And so um, even if it, it even if it is just a demo and, and the drums, you know, don't make the the album that we do as we're working and writing them, they're still going to sound totally ridiculous killer, you know. So we're, we're super excited, you know. We've got great gear. we got great personnel. Mike Moore, our guitar player, he was uh, well known for a band called Mr. Crowley, uh, Ozzy Tribute that's still going he's no longer in that band but he was the original guitar player from mr crowley out of california and he mr uh, uh, mike moore is just a freaking monster guitar player he has uh killer licks killer chops killer gear killer image he's a great bro great friend super cool person and danny DeYoung on the bass and me and we brought in an old friend of ours, KJ Hunter, on drums. He played drums with George Lynch from Lynch Mob and a lot of other people. He's been around. He comes back from, he's from the Mission Viejo crowd. It's kind of important to us to have kind of like, we're trying to keep it family, you know? And so there, there's been some member changes here and just in the last year and a half. And we're going to record this album. We're going to try to release it around the 1st of February, 2022. Our first show coming back is, uh, at least for now, we're opening for Loudness, the, the J Japan metal band Loudness. Yep. We're opening for Loudness Sunday, March 20th at the Whiskey in Hollywood. And that's gonna be a CD release party for us as well that night. Wow, that sounds like a killer show. I've, I've, I've heard, uh, I've listened to Loudness. I, I've uh, interviewed some people open for them and uh, I've heard they're, they're phenomenal live Loudness. Now, many years ago, I had this like, uh, it was like more of a uh, side project band. What were we called? Oh my God. It was called, uh, such a stupid name. I'm embarrassed to even say it. We were called Loose Cannon, right? Now, Loose Cannon was KJ Hunter, the guy that I brought in on drums, okay? And Danny DeYoung, my bass player. And then a guy named Pete DeMarzo on guitar. And we played the Roxy. And I get off, and this is freaking years ago, right? And I get off stage and this, this man walks up to me in a full suit and tie, like suit and tie executive dude, you know? And he goes, he goes, excuse me, could I have a minute with you? And I said, sure, you know, I thought he was gonna be like with a label or, you know, hey, we, we, we like your band, we wanna sign you or whatever. And he goes, hey, he goes, 
because I'm the manager of the band Loudness and they're here and they really like you and, and they're looking for a singer and they were wondering if you could like come over and meet them. They'd like to talk with you, right? So I was like, what? <laughs> so I just got off stage at the Roxy, right? And I'm freaking sweaty and stuff, you know? And uh, oh, that's what it was. The monitor guy was like, hey. So they kind of called me over the side and then the guy asked if I could come out. So I kind of like dried myself off, walked out walked up to the dude that wanted to talk to me he pulls me over to this booth in the back of the roxy are you familiar with the roxy it's next to the rainbow it's on the sunset strip in hollywood yeah i know where it is i'm not i've so, never been there but i know the rainbow that's like kind of the, the heart of the sunset strip right so anyhow i walk up and i walk back to this booth and there's all the guys loudness and they barely barely they really didn't speak english and this was a lot of years ago right but they were interested in having me um, audition for them. And as the conversation started, the, the um, manager of the band said that like, if I was to, to take the gig, that I would have to relocate to Japan to do the album. And they were like, we love your voice. And they were like, they had an interpreter. The manager was like interpreting for me. So I'm just sitting there and they're talking. I have no idea what they're saying right and they're like shaking their heads and nodding at me right and he's like they really like your voice they really like your image and all that they really like you to to consider being their new singer and they want you to come to, to japan and uh and i was like i really appreciate this but i said I just don't think it's you know for me and um and so i turned him down and i didn't take it and so cut to all these years later uh i get to open for him and and I don't really know that much about them anymore. I haven't looked to see if it's like original members or what the deal is, but I, I love their music. They're a kick-ass metal band. I think they're the greatest Japanese metal band ever. And we're and Steph Child playing with them at the Whiskey, Sunday, March 20th, 2022. And I'm super uh, stoked to open for them and to do a gig with them. Yeah, it, it sounds like an absolutely amazing show, especially with you know, Stepchild and Loudness, plus it's your CD release party. So like, if anyone's curious, if anyone's interested, what can they expect from a Stepchild, a stepchild show, especially first show back? Heavier. It's going to be heavier. You know, it's, it's more like the, the old Stepchild was more like a Guns N' Roses, Alice in Chains, um, and I don't want to put it I hate to put like a title on it, but like we were more straightforward rock ACDC, ACDC, Guns N' Roses and all that. And that's our heart. I mean, that's that's our that's still our backbone. But I think that people will see that there's more of the I don't want to necessarily say we're not going to full hardcore like Pantera or anything like that, but it's going to be harder edged music. So it's going to be more like an Iron Maiden, Judas Priest. Um, it's going to be more metal. More metal versus hard rock on the new Stepchild. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to list, uh, listening to it. It sounds like a great show with Loudness uh, coming up uh, in March of 2022. So it sounds like that's going to be a fun time. Uh, so like, kind of wrapping up this interview, i got just a few more things I want to talk about. So like, what is the writing process of Stepchild. How do you guys build a song? Well, it usually starts with the guitar riff. And then like, even if we just go in and lay the guitar riff down with just a click track, okay? And so whether it's me, whether it's Mike, Danny DeYoung is also, Danny was, I, I might've mentioned, and I did mention in the beginning that 
he started as my drummer when we were 13 years old. And so having Danny start on drums and now be a bass player, right? He really plays with killer timing and all that. And, and he, um, Danny, our bass player, is actually writing a lot of the guitar parts for the new album, along with Mike and, and I. Uh, but he's really the backbone of the band. And he has fierce, just simplistic, badass guitar ideas. And so what he'll do is he'll like, he'll shoot, he'll lay down a, uh, my battery's getting low, I guess. Um, he will lay down a guitar riff and he'll and send it over to me. And I've got Logic Pro here at my recording studio at my house, right? And then I'll take it and I'll throw my mic up and I'll hit record and I'll throw a vocal down and I'll, and I'll send it back an MP3 and he'll attach it in. And we can actually throw tracks back and forth with each other because he has Logic Pro X, I have Logic Pro X, Mike Moore has Logic Pro X. Now we're gonna have a dedicated studio. And so we'll be able to fly tracks back and forth if we choose to, right? So it starts with a killer guitar riff. Then we throw down a scratch vocal. Then we throw down like a bass and, and, that, and we throw drums, right? And we just kind of get the vibe going. Then we'll use the, that, that scratch recording as, as the, um, at the backbone to go in and actually lay it right and have the drummer and the bass player lay the track so we have drum you know the drums and the bass and then we start adding guitars and then we add the vocals and then we add all the nuances and we do the backup vocals and all that uh but it starts with the guitar riff it's always very cool that's why i always ask people uh, like kind of how do they build a song and you know obviously for you with your lyrics and vocals do you like listen to the guitar riff and then kind of build the vocals, uh, the lyrics, or do you always do you have like ideas for lyrics already in mind? Both. So, so the answer is both. And so, a lot of times, um, I will just have an inspiration and a thought, and I'll just grab a piece of paper and a pen, and and I I prefer to like literally write it with a pen and paper instead of like going to my computer and typing it. When I when I type something like. I'm, I'll usually write it on paper and then maybe I'll type it down so I have it, you know. Uh, but a lot of the songs that I've written, like I'll wake up, I wake up in the middle of the night with song ideas. And sometimes I don't get up and the song is lost forever. And sometimes I'm like, I'm like half asleep and I'll have this great idea. And I was like, dude, you gotta get up. You gotta write that down, man, or you're gonna forget it. And I'll get out of bed. And like sometimes, and this has been happening, people that know me and especially ex-girlfriends of mine, et cetera, it's like I am known for like waking up in the morning with like paper next to me and I'll be like, whoa. And I'll be like reading these lyrics and I won't even remember writing them. Like I'll literally get up in the middle of the night and write a song, go back to sleep and wake up the next morning with a freaking Christmas present next to me of like some killer idea of a song. And sometimes I'll think, oh yeah, that was a dream I had. Like a lot of times I'll have a dream and then I'll wake up from the dream and then that will inspire me to like maybe write down the story or what type of dream I had, which then in turns into a story and turns into a lyric. The, the, so sometimes I'll just take that, that lyric, right? And I'll think about the storyline and then I'll grab my guitar and I'll try to write something that encompasses what the, what the vibe is, right? So sometimes the, the lyric comes first, but with a lot of different people, depending on whether I'm playing guitar or if I'm just a lead singer in the band, in some of the bands I, I just sing, I don't play in, right? And they, they send me a CD or email me songs, right? 
and the music already there. And some of the people I work with, like Ron Sack from Rattleface, he sends me basically an album that's like almost ready to mix and put out with no vocals on it. Big fat drums, killer bass, killer guitars, strings, keyboards, guitar synthesizers, and it's killer. And then all I gotta do is go in and drag it into my Logic Pro, um, do an MP3 file, start doing scratch vocals, get ready, then go down to his studio and actually do the, the, the final vocals on it. So a lot of people give me full-blown songs that all I need is the, the vocals written to it. And that, just a piece of cake, you know? It makes it so easy. Yeah, definitely. I bet. And it's kind of cool. Like I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like if I'm laying in bed and like I, um, if I'm like, it was, I was struggling, like editing a video or something, I'll be like, I, you know, I was, I'll be like, you know what? I just thought of this idea. I'm going to get up and I got to, I just got to do it because I know it's going to bother me all night if I don't like go fix it or like do, do this idea. So like I've done that like many times or like you're, I was struggling with the, the think of something. I'm like, wow, three in the morning. Great time to, <laughs> great time for the mind to kick in and actually uh, do this. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going to wrap up this interview because I know obviously as you said your battery's getting low and I uh, would wrap this up. Uh, but I, before we go, so as you kind of said, you have the new album drop for Stepchild and you have the album release party coming up in March. So uh, if anyone's interested, where can they find the Stepchild uh, online? So if you go to youtube.com slash Kevin Jones Rocks, that has like all my different bands and probably nine or 10 Stepchild songs. And if you go to um, scottgriffith.org, which was the leader of our band where it all started, the backbone of the band, rest his soul, we miss him so much and uh, just love what he gave us. These, these uh, songs were gifts from him that we continue to play in his honor. And that's scottgriffith.org. It's uh, S-C-O-T-T-G-R-I-F-F-I-T-H.org. Then you can go to Reverb Nation, um, uh, Reverb Nation Stepchild and the number six. I don't know why I picked it. I wish I would have picked a different digit or whatever, but it was like there was some other band. There's a couple other stepchilds out there that have tried to snag our name. They're all totally lame. Like, sorry guys, but whatever. There's one stepchild and it's my band. <laughs> so That's right. all the other ones, but whatever. So like I went in and, um, and then I think it's gonna be changing to stepchild rocks. But one thing that I did wanna share with you and I, and it'll probably be stepchildrocks.com. I'll, I'll have to, you back but if you go to reverbnation.com uh, stepchild the number six you can find our music it's free to download there's videos there if you go to kevin jones rocks on youtube you can find stepchild in my solo album like all my other bands um i'm also going to be doing a new uh, album with with my old band distilled spirits that i did a record with and a bunch of my stuff is there and then um i wanted to share with you that for our, our CD release on March 20th at the Loudness Show. We're gonna have a full-blown brand new website. We're gonna have caps, we're gonna have t-shirts. Um, we're gonna have, um, I'm also talking, a lot of people have asked me to put the old Stepchild album out because I never really did that, you know? And so if we end up doing that and we end up releasing the actual first Stepchild album, then all the people that were involved and like Scott's family and the different people that were part of it, well, well it, everything would be split absolutely evenly. You know, I've never made a penny off of Stepchild literally ever. Um, it was never about money for me. 
uh, in my career was always about just the love of music and out there playing, you know? And so at this point, we are going to write a new album with new songs, and we're going to release that album. We're going to sell that album, and we got a new logo that's badass, and we're going to have some killer shirts, some killer hats, and we're going to try to make a little money with it on top of the real reason we do it, which is the love of the music. Definitely. That all sounds really great. I'm, I'm going to leave some links, uh, the links you said in the description. I definitely, I look forward to the new album. I think uh, I, I like the idea of, re of uh, releasing the first album and obviously splitting it evenly. I think that's a great idea. I think it's uh, it, it, to honor everyone who uh, was part of it. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it means a lot to me. Thank you, Christina Avila. The queen of rock and roll promotion out on the East Coast. God bless her heart. She's been so great uh, for me and for my career. She's getting me all kinds of interviews, and uh, she's a very special friend. I talk to her pretty much every day on the phone, and she, she just works her, you know what, off for us. She works her tail off for us, you know. She's very selfless, and uh, when this all happens, like when we have the new album, we have the, the hats and all that, I'm bringing Christina Avila on to our payroll. So she's going to be like, a, I can't say an equal member, not like a band member, but she's going to be rewarded. Um, and she she doesn't do it for money. She does it because she loves our, our band and she's like a sister to me. But uh, thank you, Christina, for for introducing me to you. Uh, it's Matthew, right? That you go by, not yeah. Matt. Matthew. Yeah, Matthew. Yeah. I just so appreciate you having me on. Thanks, bro. Of course, uh, for and you know, I was well, before I sign off. Definitely a big thank you to Christina Villa. Uh, real great time chatting with you, Kevin. And as you said, I uh, couldn't say it any better. She does everything because she loves music and she loves uh, promoting music and just everything involving music. She loves and she has some really great bands on her roster and uh, talented musicians as well. So definitely check out everything she is doing as well. But for Kevin Jones, uh, I am Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio, and stay frosty. Watch it for Stepchild. We're coming at you.